This episode of Seniors Today is brought to you in part by Harbor Chase. Welcome to Seniors Today, a talk show focused on what seniors and their families need to know to live their very best lives. I'm Denise Vaughn, the administrator at HomeWatch Caregivers Home Care, and with me is my co-host, Lisa Stover, the owner of Presto Real Estate Services. Grief can be such a hard topic to talk about. Grief is what we feel when we experience the loss in our life. It could be a spouse, a parent, a child, or even a job. Any significant loss can be emotionally difficult and disruptive in our life. But the good news is we don't have to stay sad forever. Today we have with us Monica Gilo-Chartrand, a clinical licensed social worker, a staff therapist, and the senior services coordinator at Samaricare in Naperville. We also have with us Kim White, the executive director at the Career and Networking Center in Naperville, who we invited to share her experience with loss in her life. Welcome, Monica and Kim. We're so glad you could join us. Thank you Thank for having you. us. Thanks for having me. And it's, it's so good to see you guys, even in the Zoom world, and um, we're really glad you're here. Um, Monica, I really wanted to start with you and just have you tell us a little bit about Samaricare and what you do to help folks that might be um, facing grief. All right. Um, so I am at Samaricare Counseling Center in Naperville. We have offices stretching um, around the metropolitan area, um, but we are a counseling center that concentrates on goal-oriented and client-centered counseling. So the idea is to assist the clients in finding their balance um, as they see fit. Um, we provide services for uh, people as young as two years old, and actually our oldest client is 92, so we really cover the spectrum. And we have a multitude of fantastic clinicians here um, that specialize in different areas and different age groups. So in my particular case, I work with adults and with seniors, and I really have a passion for working with couples. Um, and I can also serve clients that are um, Spanish speaking. So we have that ability too. Um, I would like also to say that there are two particular things here at Samaricare that makes us unique. And that is that we are a spiritually integrated counseling center. So what that means is if um, your faith, your spirituality, your belief in nature, whatever it is that you believe in, if you want to integrate it as a curative factor in the process of healing, it's very welcome and it's part of um, what makes sense to you as an individual. Um, and the other aspect is that um, we really don't want to leave anyone out because of uh, financial reasons. So we have a mental health access program um, that facilitates that. So we can provide free subsidy to those that are in need or they're having a hard time now with COVID. And so that's what Samaric Year is about. Such a great resource. Such a great resource. Yes. And and I, you know, I was just thinking about how you said, you know, people come to you for a multitude of things and it may not be grief, but how do people find you or, or how do people get, you know, referred to you if they're going through the grief process? Multitude of ways. Um, number one, uh, we're very well established in the community. 
Uh, we serve a lot of counties, so we have a lot of connections. We work very collaboratively with other agencies. Um, so because we want to attend not only to the mental health, but the physical health, the spiritual side, um, we have a lot of partners. So people get to us through word of mouth, uh, through churches, because we have a lot of affiliation with churches. Actually, that is how Samaracare started in 1971, right, by three churches in the community here in Naperville. Um, people can find us on the internet. Our webpage is super complete, so anyone can see us. And if people even are iffy about accessing mental health, we do have some little screening tools that people can go through and say, ah, oh, maybe that would be a good idea, or maybe it's not a good um, in terms of working with seniors, once again, community is a very intricate part of them getting to us. Um, and many times it's the children, adult children, mm -hmm. uh, that are like, eh, maybe you should try, maybe you should try. In the year that we just came out of, yes. probably put a spotlight on your services. And Unprecedented. so many yes. folks are just so thankful mm -hmm. to have found you. Well, I have to say that it's a privilege to do this kind of work, really. Um, you know, sometimes some clients are so lovely and they say, oh, how you do this? Well, seeing the outcomes is phenomenal, right? Because there is hope. It's a process that people can and do get through. Um, and then they can reinvent themselves. You, so, And you just made me think of one thing, which is as I look at Lisa and Kim, and I know myself, we've all lost a parent. And um, that was why we really wanted to have Kim here too, to talk to us about, you know, what her experience was with grief, because, you know, we're losing parents, but also sometimes we're helping with the grief with our, with the other parent potentially. And, you know, as you talk about Monica, what you do and how you help people, you know, I think about how you could have fit into my life and into, you know, my dad's life um, during the loss of my mom. But with that, Kim, I'd love if you could talk a little bit about, you know, why you're here to help us and what your what your experience was um, losing your mom. You know, Denise, losing a parent is so incredibly hard. And I think, I mean, we all know as we continue to live, we're gonna experience loss. And, and in most cases, we'll experience the loss of a parent. Um, I moved my mom and dad to Naperville back in 2010. And, um, and I did that knowing that my mom was not doing well. Uh, my, my dad was her caregiver at the time. And he, while he was, he was well, he, he needed help. And I'll, I'll never forget, I was, uh, I was spending a weekend in Kansas and um, helping my mom and my husband pick me up from the airport. And he said, that's it, you're moving your, your parents here. We can't keep doing the, the back and forth and, and all that. So um, losing her was, was very difficult. And again, I was in a very unique situation in that I had her living with us. And so as an adult, I got to experience a lot of things with my mom that I probably would not have experienced because she was living with me. You know, typically we would be living in Naperville and she would be in Kansas City. Um, you know, you know, I, I, you know, the question is around managing grief. I don't know that I managed it all that well. I did what I had to do, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I had my dad still with us. And so I had to figure that all out. I had to manage my own sadness and loss while also helping him to, to uh, go through that. Um, you know, I think one of the things you do is you, you reach out and for assistance. And so if, 
that requires or if it's reaching out to, you know, a counselor or a grief group, which is what I did. I, I did both, actually. I, I spent some time uh, uh, talking to a couple of um, a couple of sessions with groups. And then I also had a counselor that I met with, which was very, very helpful. I also tried really hard to, you know, stay connected, stay active. Um, get out of bed, like that's a big thing, right? Getting out of bed and just trying to put one foot in front of the other. Um, that first year was tough though. I, I will tell you, I cried every single day. And I remember the day that I didn't cry and then I felt guilty, mm. you know? But I know I, I, I had to drive by the place where, um, you know, my mom was in a rehab center for a little while. I had to, that's the way I drove to work and I didn't change it. Why didn't I change it? So, you know, like I asked myself that now, like, why didn't I change that pattern? I didn't need to keep doing that. Because every time I drove past there, I, you know, I was reminded of her. But I, I think managing it, I, you know, uh, we're in this place, we're in the same sandwich generation. So I have a number of friends who are going through it and had been going through it. So it was, you know, really been able to talk through things with them, with grief groups. AmeriCare, they do an amazing job in our community. I know the work that we do at the Current Networking Center, we are always referring our clients over to AmeriCare. So it's a great resource and I do hope people take advantage of it. And I think a lot of people like you, you know, I I'm glad that you sought help. But I think a lot of people just push it down, yeah. you know, have to get on with life, have to be strong for someone else, have to. So I hope you're going to touch on, Monica, uh, the, you know, how it does affect everybody differently and that there's, yes. it's not the same. It's not yes. the same for every person, right? Exactly, exactly. And I think that it's very important to recognize that there is a value in grieving. There is a purpose for it. It's not just there to annoy us, right? Because as human beings, it's naturally going to hit us. We're going to feel pain. It's a human experience, right? But the thing is, okay, what do we do with that pain? Um, so, Grief is universal, right? It happens to us all. But on the same token, it's absolutely unique because we process that, process that loss in a way that makes sense or does not make sense to us, right? So when we talk about grieving, and there were so many things I wanted to interject there, but there's so much to talk about this. We can be five programs talking about this. Um, but um, what I was going to say is that Grief, as unique as it is, is a process that is meant at its core to actively process the loss. And the loss can be extremely varied. Usually we think, oh, we lost a loved one. Not only that, it can be a loved one. It could be something. We can lose our homes. How many people have lost their homes during this year, right? That's a terrible grief process. And at so many levels, that loss hits us, right? And what is most intrinsic about grief is that it's a loss of structure. It's a loss of what we're familiar with, of what we expect, of what we know, what gives us comfort. So when we lose that, we have this sense that we're like in a tornado alley, right? And we're swept and we don't know what to do, right? And it's very confusing at the same time. So what I would invite you to think when we think about grief and how we deal with grief is not is it normal, because there is nothing more abnormal than normalcy, right? Oh. So it, it's not about being normal. It's about being typical. What is it typical for you? How do you deal with stress? How do you deal with challenges in life? Everybody has heard about C.S. Lewis, right? Mm -hmm. So he said, 
no one told me that grief was going to look so much like fear. And that is a primary emotion that we feel. When we're encountered with all these things, I don't know what's going to happen next. I don't know what I'm going to do with my parents. How am I going to keep on working the the way I'm working? How am I going to tackle this? We're extremely confused. And there's a bunch of emotions that are going to come up, right? And many times we're very, like you were saying, Lisa, scared of those emotions. And when we turn these emotions inwards, that can be pretty toxic when you isolate and just keep things to yourself. Just add, I so agree with you on that. I think... Um, I remember, you know, those first few weeks, I I just was in a, you know, a, you know, a puddle of tears all the time, right? Yes. Um, yes. And I think, you know, you're 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 so on point when you talk about the fear aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I knew I, you know, could continue to move on and move forward and continue in my everyday life, right, and do the things that I. Um, could do, but I was, for me personally, I was fearful of how was my dad gonna, how was I gonna be able to help my dad when I was going through this grief by myself? For you, it was a little cumulative, right? Mm -hmm. It was like one thing on top of the other, right? Cumulative losses for you. Mm -hmm. So that kind of complicates the process a little more, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And something to remember is that grief is not linear. It's not like a process that has a beginning and an end, and when you reach this stage, or what we call stages, you're done, boom, boom. It's yeah, yeah. not like that. Not only not linear, it goes back and forth and back and forth and revisits itself, um, but it always, we can, we can also, sorry, um, experience what we call STUG. I don't know if you guys have, are familiar with that terminology. So S-T-U-G. So that is sudden, temporary, upsurge of grief. So, you know, we say a loved one. We lost that loved one three years ago and we feel like, okay, in the groove again, we're doing life, okay, we're joyful, we're this, we're that. And then there comes a date and we're like destroyed. We can't get out of bed. Uh What is happening? I love that you're making us feel normal. The fact that you can think you're moving past grief, but then you you kind of revert back to grief. Um, and as you said, we could keep talking about this. We have to take a break for a moment. So I'm just so glad we could start this conversation. And when we come back, we're going to try to talk about how, you know, we can really find happiness um, after a loss. And I know, you know, with this group, we'll really have some good ideas. So we'll be right back. Stay with us. This episode of Seniors Today is brought to you in part by Harbor Chase. Harbor Chase is a assistant living and memory care community, which offer different amenities for uh, different lifestyles. The lifestyle choices that are offered here are assistant living, memory care, and respite care. We have expert care 24 seven, We have the restaurant style dining. We have a private dining room. So that is designed for families to actually reserve when they wanna have a special event or something like that. We also have the two beautiful courtyards that the residents can enjoy. We have an outpatient therapy gym on site. And we have Edwards Hospital, which is right here on campus as well. Different doctors and nurses actually visit our community. So everything is designed for it to be right here on campus. It's a a field where we're here to serve you. We have a lot of mentors here. We have a lot of staff that has been with Harbor Chase for quite some time. They help 
develop and train other communities. So it's a great opportunity for us to learn from that type of environment, that stability. It's a community, it's more of a lifestyle. It's more of a family-oriented community where we encourage people to discover themselves and their values and build relationships. So that's what's most important. The Naperville Police Department needs your help to solve crime and bring offenders to justice. When you submit tips to Naperville Crime Stoppers, you help keep our city one of the safest in the nation. Tips to Naperville Crime Stoppers have helped solve hundreds of crimes and recover over $7 million in drugs, property, and cash. Remember, tipsters remain anonymous and receive cash rewards up to $1,000 if their tips lead to an arrest. Call the tip line at 630-420-6006. You may have that one piece of information that solves the crime. Welcome back to Seniors Today. I'm Denise Vaughn, the Administrator at HomeWatch Caregivers Home Care, and we're back with my co-host Lisa and our guests, Monica and Kim. We left our episode talking about really life after grief or after loss. And with that, you know, I'd really like to hear from you, Kim. We talked about the loss of your mom and really would like to hear some of the things that you may have done to get through the grief process. Yeah, thanks for that question. You know, again, it, it wasn't, in, you know, very sad, right? You go through all of the natural five stages of grief when, when you lose someone. Um, but then I, I think I shared how I remember the day that I no longer cried, you know, after, you know, almost a year of crying every single day. And um, I just started to, you know, think about things that I needed to do, right? Just to just to continue to live the way my mom would want me to live, right? Like be happy. And, you know, I, I, I'm a, I love to smile anyway. I mean, there was always that smile behind the, the grief, but it was always there. And I just started going through family pictures and cutting out, you know, some of the pictures that she had, uh, making uh, memory books, if you will, and putting things together. Um, my mom's favorite color is purple. And so I started to put some of those, the, the, that color into some of the de design elements in my home, um, just to make sure that every time I would look at the color purple, right, I would see my mom, right? That was always there. Um, recently, I found my, the anniversary of my mom's death was just uh, a few days ago. And I was going through um, some stuff as I was cleaning through a drawer, if you will. And I saw this book that I'd seen before and it just said mom's meds on it. And so if you look at the, you know, the writing on the outside, it's mom's meds, right? I opened it and decided, you know, to open it and go a little deeper. Well, she had written a letter in there and I had not seen that. And it's been, like I said, six years. And it was around her 70th birthday. So when she turned 70, I we flew back to Kansas City and I had a surprise 70th birthday for her. And there were probably 50, 60 people that came. And in this letter, in this book, she had written, you know, I, if you are reading this, you obviously found this note. We get a little emotional now. But it. Um, she spoke about this was, her 70th birthday was the best birthday that she ever had. And so... 
you know, my takeaway from that was celebrate the birthdays, right? Make sure my, the birthdays for my husband and my kids and those that I love are celebrated because that meant so much to her. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I'm able to smile. I'm able to laugh when I think about my mom. I mean, I miss her terribly, but um, you've got to find ways to just, you know, incorporate things so that, you know, you always have the, that, that memory of them. Your process seems super healthy, Kim, to be honest with you, because as far as thinking of grief, we go like, how am I going to do this? I have no idea. I'm really scared. But at the end of the day, if we think about this profoundly, grief is a process to find comfort. And in all those actions that you were mentioning, that's exactly what you were doing. Mm -hmm. um, and another aspect of it is what we call the remembering. Not only the memories of this person that was significant to us, but remember reattaching that member into your own self and your own identity and what matters to you. Well, I just love the examples even Kim gave, you know, about the color purple. Like my mom loved yellow. So I now love using the little yellow heart when I'm yeah. sending messages it, or, or cooking. She loved to cook. So, you know, yeah. recipes. And you start to yeah. think of your own mortality and the things that <laughs> leave a legacy. And I do think that helps you with grief, right? Because you realize you life continues after the person you lost and they're always with you you know lisa i know you know we wanted to you know really think about how you celebrate people's lives and i know you are planning an event right for your mom so you want to talk about that a little bit well it's exciting right because it's a year over a year almost a year later since my mom passed and not being able to get together with folks that's hard and having them across the country. So we are, we're getting together. And it's funny that you say that because I've been sending the email out. We made a flyer and I'm having cousins get back to me and saying, oh, we wouldn't miss it for the world. And so I'm excited to remember mom, but also to see people and to yes. you know reconnect with them and, you know, remember the great times when we were growing up and yeah, very exciting, very exciting. Okay. COVID hard on a lot of people who couldn't celebrate right away so yeah if huh. I can add to that so we we my husband recently lost his dad my father-in-law who I've known for I knew for 40 years and he he lost him to COVID and mm -hmm. I, you know I think one of the things when you think about this pandemic and what you know, there's always lessons learned and things we can do and how do we move forward in different ways. And I just exactly what you just said, Lisa, one of the things that, you know, we weren't able to have anyone come to the funeral or anything. It was just immediate family. But we are looking out, you know, six months from now or a year from now and having a celebration. And I think that's something, you know, as we move forward and people experience loss, maybe that's something people do moving forward. Right? I love because that, Kim. I love that. You, yeah, because I, I was thinking about that. Like when we lost my father-in-law, you know, it was just us. And it, it, honestly, as a family, it just needed to be us. It was, it was tragic. It was horrible. Dying of COVID is, you can't even, I can't even explain it. But a year from now, we're, we will all be in a better place and we will be able to celebrate him, I think. Yes. It's sometimes I think when a loved one passes, it actually puts a lot of pressure on us because mm -hmm. you're making arrangements. You're Now we've raised the bar where you've got videos and pictures and getting people yeah. there. And, and so to think about just truly being able to be in the moment for a few days and then plan a party or a celebration. I mean, yeah. to me, it keeps your loved one with you for so much 
much longer too. I, I love that you brought that up, Kim, because I, I think, you know, and that Lisa's doing it because that could be a, a great, you know, future tradition that people actually do to yeah. celebrate people's lives. Absolutely. Because I think we, you know, we're thinking about everyone else around us. And so if you, if, if you're able to do it in a, you know, not, not, not put a time limit on it, right. Then you're able to grieve and then six months or a year later celebrate their life when you are in a better place to do that. Yes. You know, I was thinking about one thing, Kim, you said, because I know I felt it too. You said, you know, you remember the day you didn't cry and you actually felt a little bit bad on that day. Mm -hmm. You know, Monica, I mean, do people sometimes feel guilty that they're, you know, starting to feel better and going on? Does that happen? Yes, but I wouldn't say that is a lasting feeling. That is more of a surprise. What? Wait, mm -hmm. what did just happen? Right. So we need that time to sit with it and kind of do a little mini self-reflection of what that means. Well, I know this was a really hard topic, and I am so glad that we got to spend time with each other talking about this. And I think we all are really embracing that the best thing we can do is honor um, the person that we've lost and just keep living our lives to their fullest. Those that we love, that's what they'd want for us. So thank you, Lisa, for co-hosting. Thank you, Monica and Kim, for just opening your hearts and talking to us about this. And thank you to everybody for joining us on Seniors Today. This episode of Seniors Today is brought to you in part by Harbor Chase.